This is Seven Sports. Hello and welcome back to the next edition of TN Talk, your Gloucester City Centred podcast from Seven Sport. We're a man down this week. It's, uh, it's me again, Kelsey DeMaria is your host, and Ryan Butler and Charlie Hughes are with me. No Matt Yates this week. He's uh, He's been playing in the, the charity game at the uh, newly christened Tiger Turf Stadium. Uh, on Sunday afternoon, so he's feeling a little bit, a uh, bit ropey, a bit fatigued. You know, it's what happens when you get to nearly thirty years old and you've got two children. You, uh, <laughs> you can't, you can't run as, as, as fast as or as much as you used to. So, we're a man down, but boys, how we doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Trevor, anyway. <laughs> well, I'm gonna not make a comment on that. Um, I don't think Ryan will either. What we've got to remember is it is uh, Mother's Day on the day that we're recording this. So Matt's got to, you know, get the presents for Emery. He'd have done that all this morning. He'd have been up early doing all of that. So, you know, he's, mm. a, he's, a, he's an adult now. He's a man. He's a grown man. Mm. I, will just t- I will ignore that, you know, he was out last night on uh, Saturday having ah, a few having no, a few beverages as well. Um, but we, we don't want to throw him under the bus any more than we already have, but I'm sure if the opportunity presents itself, we probably will. Um, well, where do we start with this one? Um, great result for Gloucester yesterday as um, they beat AFC Fylde by a goal to nil. Can't think of any other storylines which came out of that game that are worth mentioning, to be honest with you. Um, but anything that comes to, comes to your mind, fellas? Well, I think uh, that Yatesy carried on with the song, didn't he, by going out last night? So there is that. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the narrative from off the field where former Gloucester City manager James Rowe returned to, uh, to Gloucester in the opposite dugout for the first time um, with promotion chasing AFC Fylde. And we obviously me and Ryan were live on commentary for, for the 90 minutes. And and we said on commentary that, you know, if you had sat someone down in, in, in the stand and said, right, one of these teams is third in the National League North and one of them is 18th, you probably wouldn't wouldn't guess which one is is which based on the performances because Gloucester were just unreal. I mean, from what we saw on Tuesday night for the for the Chester game. Absolute, absolutely polarizing uh, performances. Uh, you know, they're just they're just so good, and uh, it's almost like why can't they be that consistent um, in every single game? But you know, take nothing away from it. What a performance! Yeah, we we, we saw decent performances this year, particularly um, the Brackley game, which we alluded to on the commentary. Kelsey, we said that realistically, the only difference on the day yesterday compared to that game was the City were actually able to put the ball in the net. And what was interesting in the post-match interview with Lee Mansell is that the fact that it was such an early goal, I think, settled City. I think if they didn't score as early as they did, um, dominating the first half like that, but not scoring, you know, would it have potentially been different had they gone in level at halftime? I think the game would have been completely different. But the fact that they scored so early, unsettled, filed, and being completely honest... In the first half, in particular, they never really recovered from that. It, you know, they played better in the second half, but that is, for me, more... It couldn't have been any worse than the first 45 minutes than we saw from Fylde, really. It was really, really bad. Mm. But that's credit to City. 
the city had a game plan. Um, we talked about, especially in the uh, post-match interview with, with Mansell again, and, and sort of I picked up on it in, in commentary 30 minutes in that, you know, City were playing very intensely. Mm. The, they were high pressing on their men, particularly Louis Hall at left back was uh, man marking Walker, forced him to come inside to try and pick the ball up. And ultimately they switched him over to the opposite side to try and get him the ball. And, you know, that unsettled him and he never really got into the game and got hooked after 70 minutes. And that is a defender. You've done your job right if you're mar- the man you're marking is, uh, is, you know, getting hooked because he's not having an influence on the game. And it was it was like that all over the pitch. It was, it was yeah. superb viewing. So from where we, we're, we're sat, obviously, in, in the stand, you know, we don't have quite as good a vantage point as, as, as Charlie does, of course, sat up in the... Um... In, in, in the box by the scoreboard. So we picked up that Gloucester were very structurally sound uh, defensively and, and also going forwards as well. I don't know uh, how you saw it from, from your position, Charlie, but I mean, what, what did you make of the, of the performance? I think it's one of the first matches all season where we've come away from it thinking, you know what, we could have been <clears throat> playing till midnight and I don't think we would have conceded. We looked so good at the back. I think going forward as well, we looked strong. In the middle of the pitch, we were keeping the ball very well. We know from James Rowe's time with us, he he does like to get the ball down and play football and he likes to win that midfield battle. But yesterday, it was us doing that. It, it was like we out James Rowe, James Rowe, <laughs> if, if I can say that. And it, it was a very good performance. And this is still with missing key players like Daniel Edbitter. Jack James could only play the final 20 minutes. We had a new keeper in goal. Fabian Robert was out. There was a lot of players that were still out injured, even at the back, Ben Nugent, um, Gehring as well. Plus also um, Matt McClaw was only fit enough to come on in the 90th minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. these are a lot of big key players for us that were out, and yet we still found a way to win and win in style and still perform really well. And we'd switched to a three at the back as well yesterday, which I wonder if that's something we might look well, at it, going it, it forward. Was... It was one of those where it was kind of a, a, a mixture of all of them. I mean, there was a three at the back at one stage and then it turned into a four and then it was a five. And it was just that fluidity that the, that, that tactic bought, which I think it, I said it on Twitter on, on, on the, um, on the podcast Twitter account at TN talk pod that um, it was tactically, it was spot on by Mansell, just the way that he, he set his team up to, to have that, that, that fluid structure to it. I think that's one of the good things as well about when you've got good wing backs in Louis Hall and I know Jack James only played a little bit at the end, but when you've got two players that I think are really good going forward, it means that you're able to switch between that three and the four at the back like we did yesterday and it showed. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, obviously, if you're not following the um, the podcast Twitter account, number one, why not? Um, and two is um, I put a couple of observations from yesterday's game on there um which i'll just read read back to you boys so of course i mentioned it probably the best all-round team performance of the season um maybe the only one that comes close to it would be the york game at at the start of the season there and um also as well the atmosphere unbelievable atmosphere probably the best all season we will come back to that um chat a bit more about it um in terms of picking a a man of the match Yesterday, it was really difficult, actually, for me and Ryan on commentary to to single one player mm-hmm. out. But if we if we had to 
sort of come down on 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 one side of the coin, uh, so to speak. That we went for Tommy O'Sullivan in the end because reason being is that there were a lot of players, as Ryan said, that had uh, outstanding spells, but Tommy O'Sullivan was pretty much outstanding for the for the whole ninety minutes. I mean, you just every single time that Fylde came forward, almost it looked like. O'Sullivan was going to win the ball back and and break up the break up the play and, and you know spring Gloucester back into into an attack of their own. So, and I think also just doing the simple things right, you know, a lot of the time that that kind of stuff gets missed. But if 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 you can't do the basic stuff right, then then the complex stuff isn't going to come either. Is it? So you know, credit to O'Sullivan. That's one of the good things though about O'Sullivan is he is very good at doing those basics, and mm-hmm. he's got a brilliant pass on him and it showed yesterday and he was I'm not even going to say he was a leader on the pitch yesterday it was mm-hmm. the first time I think for a while where I've seen him bossing the players about bossing the play about and talking to the rest of the team and he was a real leader yeah. on the pitch and that was good to show as for who I'd give as man of the match well I completely forgot to um, text Malvin Tires to ask them for their man of the match so if you're <laughs> listening just like to give them a little shout out. They do do very good tyres and I would highly <laughs> recommend them. Um, but yeah, for me, it'd be Tommy O'Sullivan or Kev Dawson for my yeah. match. They, Daw- both of them yeah. played brilliantly, but everyone played Dawson well. Was very good. Yeah, it yeah. was one of, one of those where we, we literally couldn't couldn't sing that. Yeah. And yeah, um, that was another point I made as well. Um, Harvey Wiles Richards, very solid on debut. Very impressed with his handling, um, you know, the command of the penalty area, and also just how well he slotted into into the side. You know, oh, his attitude, his attitude was, you know, uh, I said on commentary, it was almost like he was saying to everyone, "This is my pitch, this is my area, Mm -hmm. this is my goal that I'm defending." You know, you like to see when you know teams are one nil up and not time wasting, but the keeper, you know, enticing the striker in all the way in and. And 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 almost taking the mix slightly, and and for a young man to, you know, come and do that in a brand new team against a, a yeah. side who are third in the league, you know, he's got something about him. He's got the stones for me to think that, you know, he could be a decent acquisition. I think. Yeah, and I, I think he he just kind of instilled confidence mm. in um you know in his back line, and and in particular Jordan Thompson and and Tom Harrison who. As I said on on, on Twitter, I, I you know I did give them a bit of stick on Tuesday night um, against Chester. I don't think they they had their best game, but I mean they on Saturday they they're brilliant. You know I think they 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 complemented each other very well. Um, Organisation was was excellent as it was for the for the whole team, and for me it just showed again with a lot of performances out there on Saturday just showed how good they can be. Yeah. But it is just about that level of of consistency, um, which you know I'm sure is is we're starting to see it in in the last sort of what seven or eight run of games that Gloucester have had that you know they have become a bit more consistent. And as Matt said on on Tuesday night, you know you can never you you can never count this Gloucester City side out with um, with the way that they've been playing recently. And we've been scoring so many goals in the final five minutes or so and there was another two against Chester on Tuesday night and it's great to have that attitude in the team now that they're not going to give up until the final whistle and it's winning us points mm. It was the first time I can remember for for a long time where Gloucester have scored a goal in the first sort of like three or four minutes and then just gone on to to hold out for the 1-0 win Yeah, um, I genuinely 
racking my brains here. And I think the last time I can remember that happening was was Harrogate Town at home in like 2015, maybe 2014 even. It was that long ago. Obviously, I've not been to as many games over the last sort of like four years as Charlie has, but it's um, one of the only ones that I can remember. No, it's been too many times. No. The thing is, they gave Fylde absolutely nothing. You know, I'm sort of sat yeah. here thinking about, you know, any chances that both sides sort of had, really. And other than Fylde hitting the, the crossbar sort of towards the end of the game, they didn't really carve an awful lot out. Their best chances um, ended up being the, the save that, that Harvey's made, but it was offside anyway. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you put it into perspective like that, you've got to be delighted that you've been able to restrict your opposition to effectively a pot shot from 25 yards that's hit the crossbar and a chance that your keepers mm. produced a really good one-on-one save, but it was offside anyway. I, yeah. but... I wouldn't necessarily say the, the the effort on the crossbar was was kind of a pot shot. It was actually quite... But a you know what I mean? It's a shot coming in from outside yeah. your own area. Yeah. The, the know, only, it's only... it's going to have to be pretty accurate to, to go in. Yeah. yeah. I think, you you know, yeah, you have to give, give sort of like the credit to, to the way that he shaped that shooting opportunity as well. But yeah, I do agree. With um with what you're saying, of course we um you know we did make a mention to um to Matt Green as well and and Louis Hall for for their performances, um but you know likewise you could you could literally pick any single player that that started that game. Well, I describe Louis uh, Hall's first half performance, first half an hour in particular, as probably the best defensive performance I've seen for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know the way he went tight and and tracked his his man. I already said it sort of earlier on. He ended up getting hooked after 70 minutes because he couldn't influence the game. Yeah. But you set the tone. Yeah, he gave a foul away with the first sort of engagement he had on that halfway line. But, you know, mm. letting yeah, letting your player know that you're in, in a game early on. And he knew when to drop, knew when to, you know, get tight to him. And when the, the roles reversed, you know, Walker got nowhere near him. Hall mm-hmm. had opportunity and, you know, took advantage a few times coming up the left-hand side. And, you know, he knew that he had Walker's number and it was a very dominant performance down that left side from him. Yeah. Um, of course, we put the question out there on um, on Twitter as well, like I said, at TN Talk Pod, um, if you want to follow us on there. Just sort of asking for, uh, you know, your your, your thoughts and, and your observations from, uh, from yesterday's game. So we had a few in. Um, one here, it says... Um, Martinez, Pablo Martinez, really impressed as well. Cool as a cucumber, always making sure he's in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I'd never seen him play before uh, Saturday, and I thought he was superb. Yeah. Um, Gloucester City fans on Twitter, atmosphere and performance-wise, probably the best of the season. Uh, Mance and Daff got it spot on tactically and completely nullified. Strong file team. Good debut from Harvey Wiles-Richards, who looked assured. Uh, what else we got here? Dave Rigby says atmosphere was fantastic. Best since we've come home. Matt Green led the line. Kevin Dawson, Tommy O'Sullivan, brilliant in the middle of the park. Best seen Louis Hall play since he came in. Defence looks solid. Great debut for the new keeper. Um, what else we got? Neil Martin. He also sort of echoes all those sentiments, really. You know, probably the best performance of the season. At last, you could see the shape and structure of the side and they delivered by winning their individual battles all over the pitch. Also nice to hear a really good crowd in good day all round. Pretty um, mm. pretty consistent um, praise 
um, and consistent points from from everyone there. We had a couple of others in as well, um, a couple of shouts for uh, you know Danny King playing at right wing back as well. But you know, as I said, um, we have seen him play in that position for for Slimbridge in the past, so of course he does have that that versatility to his game. Um, we had an email in as well, but you can um, you can send us an email if Twitter's not your thing. It's um, tntalk at sevensport.co.uk. This one from Andrew Hillier says, hi, guys, really love the TN podcast. As for yesterday's game versus AFC Fylde, I think it's the best whole team performance from start to finish since the York game and definitely the best under Mansell. What a difference it makes to the crowd and the atmosphere. Every player tried 100 percent. And apart from a few silly bookings, it was a great afternoon entertainment in the sunshine. Next two games are vital. I'm thinking now we are too good to go down, especially if we can get one or both of our centre-halves back soon. Anyway, guys, keep up the good work and let's all look forward to next season with hope in our hearts. Um, thanks for the message, first and yeah, foremost. Thanks, yeah, thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. And thanks, everyone, for, for your opinions that you've, um, that you've tweeted in or, or emailed us uh, over the last couple of days. A couple of points, actually, I want to pick up on um, sort of what we've just heard. Um atmosphere down at uh, well no no longer called new meadow park now the uh, tiger turf stadium but will always be new meadow park in our hearts um what an atmosphere um i i think everyone has has pretty much said the best since gloucester have been back home after their 13 years in in exile um it's just a non-stop wall of noise especially in that second half as well i think the um I think the the way that, that Gloucester have kind of carried their team over the line, so to speak, in that second half. I mean, obviously, Charlie, you're a little bit closer to the T end, and we we have been fairly critical in the past of um, uh, well, not not critical, sorry, but we we have questioned whether the the atmosphere actually carries yeah. from the T end. Um, where you are, I mean, if, where we were, it was brilliant. Obviously, where you are on the halfway line, it must have sounded even better. I genuinely spent half of the match just looking at the TN, wishing I was in there because they looked like they were having so much fun. I had a massive smile on my face because it's great listening to it. And it's been a few matches in a row now at home where the atmosphere has slowly been getting better. And we've had a couple of Tuesday nighters in a row now where it's been fantastic. I think that Chester as well, that the final 10 minutes, it gave everyone such a buzz and so much excitement that it was like, I just can't wait till Saturday. I just want to be there on Saturday and yeah. it showed because from the first minute to 90th, it was non-stop singing. And all right, some of that would have been down to the return of everyone's favourite pantomime villain, but it, even still, the, it was great. And there mm. was a few people I saw over from France who were on yeah. the stag do in Gloucester and <laughs> they were shirtless and jumping on top of the um, barriers behind the T-end as well. And they looked like they were having a great time. But mm. as you see the queues into the bar were quite big. Pie and can is now pie and because they ran out of <laughs> No cans. So looks like the club did quite well on the alcohol sales as well, which <laughs> which is always going to be good. But it, And the local... The local local markets did quite well on uh, sales of aubergines as well, apparently. I don't know. But past couple of matches as well, even when all of our fans are in the what I shall call the away end when we're shooting that mm. way, we've had a few fans down in the TN that have still been bashing on the adverts, mm. singing mm. down there. There's a few 
groups in front of me as well in the um, scoreboard stand that have been singing as the game goes on. So it's not just like it's coming from one set of supporters now. It's all around the yeah. ground, the noise. I like the community feel that the club's building. Yeah. You know, we spoke yeah. to Lee Mansell about it on Saturday and I spoke to him about it previously, about trying to, you know, stay in touch with the city. And what I noticed, obviously it was non-league day and you are always going to get it, but um, the last few times we've been to City, you've seen Tuffley badges, you've seen Abbeymead badges, you've seen Brockworth badges, Long Levens badges. Um, you know, when teams aren't playing, they're going to go watch Gloucester City. You know, we know the Hardwick lot, Jamie Reid, Jack Twyman, all of them guys, they're Gloucester boys, they're Gloucester people. If they're not playing, if Fairford aren't playing, if Hardwick aren't playing and Gloucester at home on Saturday, you best believe they're going there. And, you know, the culture is that it is becoming the local team again, which is yeah. you know, great for the club. Yeah, over 1,200 in the, inside the stadium yesterday as well, which, um, you know, obviously, as we've mentioned, there, there, there was a, a little added something extra to the fixture, perhaps, you know, a couple of, of people who, who may have been on the fence about a game like this. If James Rowe wasn't the manager, probably wouldn't have gone. Um, if that was the case, but you know, obviously, it's more, more, uh, more boots through the door. So well, to speak. I said to you, on seats as well, and... that, you know, the weather helped. It was yeah, such a beautiful day yeah. on that Saturday as well. It was that, lovely, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, it, it it was beer garden weather, and you know, people around here, and and we know firsthand with the local clubs that you know sometimes beer gardens mean you go to your local football club and. Mm-hmm. If there happens to be a, a big game on, then then you know you're there to watch the game. Yeah, I think the, the best, the sort of the best way I could describe it is, it just felt like a day out at the football. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, there were you know it's non-stop singing, beers going down well in the tea end and and and, and everywhere else. You know, good food from from pie and can or pie and sorry, and um, Mike wants yeah. to come on by the way, doesn't he? He wants he wants he wants yeah. to the tea end <laughs> talk action. Well, you know, we've had offers. We've had people begging to come on this program. Everyone wants to come. Everyone wants a a guest slot. Maybe, maybe we'll have a look at getting people on in the in sort of like the upcoming episodes. People want on the program. Lee Mansell tells us he's listening to the program, and Charlie's thrown out free advertising for Morven Tires this evening. What is going on with life? What more do you want? Premium, premium uh, goods here. Great, um, great stuff. Um, there's also, sorry to interrupt yeah, there, Kelsey. After the game, so I'd quite often go into Baker Street with a few of the others afterwards, and there was a buzz in there afterwards, and that started to happen over the past few matches. And I went out down the quays afterwards, and there were still people, you know, at eight, nine o'clock at night wearing Gloucester City merch, walking around the quays, and there was a buzz all around the area. And it does happen at the rugby when they're at home, when you've got all the people going there, town yep. afterwards, after a big win, it, it's a great place to be. And that's what the keys was yesterday. And the football is turning into that day out now that we want it to be. I would Thanks say there, invite, are, there are other local bars than Baker Street, unless you run Baker Street, in which case, drop me a DM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for the invite though, Charlie. We were at home, <laughs> slaving away, <laughs> uploading the commentary, uploading an mm. interview, Getting everything ready for the content that we've got for the programme today. And mm-hmm. you're off gallivanting. <laughs> After initially refusing to give Kelsey a team sheet yesterday, by the way. I can't believe it. Oh, that's, that's um, because... No, no, no. 
you don't need a team sheet each. Kelsey's a trained journalist. He can do the job. And I said to him yesterday, if he was like that Bradford Park Avenue commentator from a couple of years ago, he didn't need a team sheet. He knew everyone before the match had kicked off. I will say, to be fair, we had the filed commentator sat right behind us. And basically, he, he was saying the players' names all the time. So all I had to do was just repeat what he said. So I didn't actually really need to look at the team sheet. Although he did, he, he did get uh, Danny King and Lucas Tomlinson mixed up every, every single, single time. time. <laughs> At one point, he, I think he did say Danny King scored initially, but he changed mm. his mind. Danny Talking King did like that. Said filed commentator, I spoke to him after the match and he was amazed that we had so many people in the ground. And he genuinely said to me, our club have spent the past five, six years trying to build up something that you've done in half a year. Yeah. That it's incredible. Quite, that's it's just in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. It's a uh, it's testament to the to the job that, you know, uh, we, we mentioned it earlier, to how much it sort of feels more of a, a community feel now, um, which is testament to the work that Lee Mansell is doing both on the pitch, off the pitch, and also uh, AP as well. And, and, and of course, um, Jay as well. Um, Jay Marriott, of course, AP. We've got an interview with AP coming up in, in a little bit as well, by the way. Um, we spoke to him after the game, exclusive interview on We've TM got a Talk. short clip. We've got a clip coming up in a minute. Naming as well. rights yeah. and the Kappa deal. But yeah. it's funny that Kelsey's obviously mentioned about the off the pitch stuff because there was a full interview that will go up on the website um, on Monday. So obviously, this comes out on Monday morning. Later on today, um, an interview is going to be posted with AP that we did after the game. Um, basically, a post-match interview, but the questions were all about the off-the-pitch stuff. And it was mm-hmm. a really good interview. It was a really good chat. You know, it's always a good chat with AP. And, you know, one thing that he always is, is up front. He'll, he'll, he'll give you an in- insight on what's happening. Mm-hmm. A little bit of an exclusive, not well, half exclusive. He's basically uh, informed Don't us give it all away in yet, the man. interview about potential sponsorship. Hasn't told us who it is, but the fact that this sponsorship has been uh, agreed and it's something that AP's been vocal about previously shows that the club are stepping in the mm-hmm. right direction for me. That'll be coming up in, uh, well, whenever we finish discussing this, to be fair, because we did, I did want to mention briefly the, the, the Chester game from Tuesday night, but to be honest, I don't, I don't feel like we need to go into it in, in that much detail. We kind of, we kind of had mentioned it already, you know, talking about the, the, the way that the atmosphere on on Tuesday night um and and you know the the comeback as well we mentioned it briefly but I I did want to speak about a, a, a second point that um that I read out in that email from Andrew earlier um where he said that he thinks Gloucester are too good to go down now um what do you make of that do you agree with that we're I don't want to just leave it at we're better than two or three teams below us because we, we've been filed yesterday and we've just come back in the past five minutes against Chester. I do think we're better than two or three teams below us at least. I don't want to say right now that we're too good to go down because there's a lot of football to be played and, and I don't want to then be looking back at these words in a couple of months' time, but I'd like to think that we're very close to being safe now. Well, nine points off the bottom. Guysley currently languishing. Of course, they've um, they've had a bit of a well, bit of free fall in the last what seven games. I think they've lost five of the last seven or something like that, or five of the last eight. Mm. I think so. Things not going well up there either. But then you look. Um, so Guysley twenty seven points, Farsley twenty nine, Bly thirty, Telford thirty, Gloucester thirty six, 
and then Bradford brackets PA close brackets 37 and then you've got Alfreton and Chester both on 38 um and then Leamington on 40 but they I think they're well well clear of um, of being dragged into that to be fair but you think really I mean Gloucester only like four points off basically being more or less mid table so what, what we, we we spoke about on previous weeks was this important uh month of the season middle of uh, March to the middle of April now the way in which Gloucester have done themselves uh, a positive is they've got points against the likes of Fylde. They've taken seven points out of the last nine, which takes them into this run of games now that they have. So I've got it written here. Telford away, Guysley at home, Kettering away, Hereford at home on the bank holiday, and then York away. Now, <clears throat> sorry for me, the next five games, including Hereford, I'm including Kettering, I'm including York in that, uh, basically massive in deciding what's going to happen with Gloucester City season, in particularly the next two, because we're talking mm-hmm. about being nine points clear. If Gloucester were to get a result against Guysley, that's 12. If they were to, you know, get a result against Telford, who have been hit and miss, really, they've got a couple of decent results, but have, have, have lost ground as well. Now, if City can probably, if they can go and get a win at one of those two, and not lose the other, so you say at least four points out of the next two games. I I think it will take a monumental effort for even Gloucester City in the way the season's gone for them to cock that up from here. Um, Guysley is starting to look like they are in a bit of free fall, as sort of previously said. So if Gloucester were to go and beat Guysley at Meadow Park in a couple of weeks' time, whilst Lee Mansell won't say it's job done. I think there will be in the back of his mind, and I think in the back of a lot of people's minds, that probably will be job done for Gossie. Yeah, that's the key match for for safety. Yeah, but yeah. if you if you beat Telford as well, yeah, to set that Guysley game up because Telford are in around you as well. If City win those next two games, safe, simple as that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think you 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 put it pretty spot on there. You know, to out of those next two games. You look at it on paper and you think, yeah, Telford, okay, you'll go, you'll take a draw. You, you take a draw there, move on, whatever. Yeah. But Guysley is really the one where, you, you know, you, you should be winning that one. You're at home, they're bottom of the league, they're, they're in free fall. Gloucester have only lost once in their last nine games. Guysley have only won once in their last nine games or whatever it is. So um, that, that really is a game where they should be picking up three points but you know football has a tendency of throwing up these surprise results as um, as yesterday showed you know when you look at it on paper that was a game that Gloucester really shouldn't have won but football isn't played on paper it's played on grass or in this case an artificial 3G surface well we've got to think even an episode ago of, of TN Talk if we were saying going into you know Hereford at home York away you don't really fancy you, I wouldn't have fancied City probably three weeks to a month ago to get points against those two teams. But now here we are, and suddenly if City were to produce anywhere near than what we saw on Saturday against Hereford and against York, then you know, you're know you talking about getting points and potentially getting wins against those sides, which shows what a difference you know that two, three-week period has made. Also, I think with that Hereford game, now we've picked up a little bit of form. If we can, what the fixtures here, it's Telford away, Guysley home, then Kettering away. That's my... 
I'm going to say, still say that's my local match, Kettering yeah, away. Your adopted <laughs> local team. <laughs> um, that Hereford match, we could end up looking at another 2,000, two and a half, even possibly 3,000 in for that. And if we can put in a performance like we did yesterday in front of, mm. to say, 2,000 City fans, setting us up for next season already there. Yeah, yeah. we well, got to remember the Hereford away game. You know, Hereford weren't exactly great. The two goals that City gave away were very, very poor. City were poor, yeah. Yeah, they so, you know, even if they can produce half of the 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 performance level they did on Saturday, it'd be an improvement than what we saw at Hereford away. And there could be a, an added bite into that game as well, with um, Hereford potentially looking in and around the playoff picture. They're only two points off it right now. They have played more games than pretty much every other team in the playoffs bar um, sort of gates and filed. But yeah, that could be an extra thing that will, um, you know, push up a bumper ground and um, give Gloucester a bit more, a bit more impetus as if, uh, as if they needed it, you know, because uh, these Derby games, are, um, they're basically you throw the form book out the window. Mm-hmm. So, um, we'll move it on then. So we've talked about obviously the on the pitch side of things. We've got this clip from, AP's interview that Ryan did with him after the game on Saturday. Um, this is a short clip about AP talking about all the off, off the field stuff and where Gloucester are moving forwards, um, not on the pitch. So this is AP and we'll come back and talk about it in just a sec. This week we saw Meadow Park be renamed to Target Turf Stadium. Yeah. You know, yeah. how big of an acquisition is that to, to have a, a company like Target Turf with the naming rights to the stadium? Now for us, it's it's just another step forward. We've been looking to looking to progress the club now for a while, so we're delighted. At obviously, the start of start of uh, was it last week or the end of last week, we announced Kappa as our as mm-hmm. our kit manufacturer. So they've signed a three year deal, and then we've obviously done a three year deal now with Tiger Turf, um, which both directly impacts the both of those deals directly impact Lee Mansell's budget for next season. Yep. Um, and if you want the truth, takes a huge amount of strain away from me and from Eamon, which is something that we needed to do because it's one thing doing it for one season and then to get null and void, and it's another thing doing it for this season and then to end up where we are now. If if Eamon and I had to go home and explain to our kids and well, my wife that we were doing it for another season without any support, I'm not sure how that would go down. So I was, I, was, I was very keen and very pleased for that. And Tiger Turf are uh, a local, a local. Well, okay, they're 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 um they're Worcestershire, but yeah, they're a local local-ish in inverted commas company, <laughs> and they've done great for us. They've done really really great for us, and we we think we've got the best 3G pitch in in the country, and we're very very proud of it. And hopefully, with them on board now, we'll get a bit of free maintenance as well. So. Um, was it yeah, a, a tough thing, thing. To, to do, to try and get you know, name and rights sold off to a company? Did you no. approach them? Did they approach you? How did it work? No, I'd sell anything, you know. <laughs> I, I've got no qualms in branding you and selling you. You know, it's, uh, it, for me, it's... go cheap, mate. <laughs> we'll take anything, though. We'll take open to offers. So they, um, they were keen. They, so last year, they helped us out. With, um, we bought the pitch, obviously. And when, he, when I bought the pitch, I didn't really understand like the maintenance program of it and then they were chatting to me and it was like, okay you need this tractor and this machine and that machine and a grading machine and I'm like what for a plastic pitch right so all of a sudden I'm like well how much are they and that was like 20,000 pound 
and uh, they luckily managed to support us on that financially. So we were really grateful for them that. So they've always been, and then they sponsored our under, I think it's those two under 16s this, this season. They've got a couple of signs around the ground. So they've always been here. They've always been a huge part of the club. So for us, it was just a natural progression. And then we've got another announcement, um, which I can't say just yet, but we have also done, done a deal for the kit sponsor. So we've done a home and away, home and away deal as well for the kit. Well, there you go. AP just teasing us at the end there with um, <laughs> with news that the the kit sponsor is is in place, um, ready for moving forward. But interesting points that he's making, you know, about the the naming rights and of course where Gloucester are, uh, are looking to, to to get more businesses on board to to take the strain off of off of him and Eamon. And um, I, I think the whole I haven't obviously I haven't been there and recorded the whole interview. I think it does get better from there as well so of course it's going to be a decent listen mm. but you know charlie that's the first time that you've heard that sort of three minutes or so of ap speaking what did you make of that just shows again how the club's moving forward over the past couple of months and i think over the next couple of months very quickly on all fronts and it's, it's reflecting in all parts of the of the club right now, it's completely different to what it was like six months ago. And it's great, you know, having a stadium sponsorship deal, it's brilliant. It's going to bring in, I don't know how much, but I assume if it's enough to push the budget up, then it's going to be a significant amount. If we've sold now the shirt sponsorship for next season, then again, that's going to be a great deal for the club and it's all positive stuff. Well, I think it's it's... You know, Gloucester have, not to say been criticised or AP's been criticised over the last couple of years, but, you know, there have always been that, oh, you know, his company name on the front of shirts, oh, it's, he's an egomaniac or... Sold know, sort of, Yeah, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So, yeah. it, it's it's City taking a step away from that. And, you know, the brand of Tiger Turf, anyone in around Gloucestershire football knows that brand. Um, because of Siren Chester, because of the the pitch at City now, and people have heard that name before. Kappa, people know Kappa Sportswear, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see who the the company is that will be the shirt sponsor. But the fact that there is one for me shows a massive step um, because it's something that me and AP have spoke about previously. He's wanted a shirt sponsor every single season, yeah. and he's almost left Soldi as the last chance saloon, last resort if we can't get one and you think we'll for Soldi on it for a lot of time before that it was Keyway as well which is obviously Eamon McGurk's company so yes. it, yeah it's... it takes the strain off when they're able to like Alex said in the interview it takes the strain off of them when they're able to get another company involved yeah and and also as well you know it was good to in the full interview which of course uh like Ryan said you can listen to on sevensport.co.uk um, it was it was good when he was talking about you know businesses actually approaching the club and 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 saying that mm. you know we want to sponsor X we want to sponsor mm. Y we want to sponsor Z um, you know that's that's good to hear and it's refreshing to hear as well because let's face it I don't really feel like that's been happening too much over the last couple of, obviously we've had COVID interruptions and things like that but um, you know now that the club has finally got a a a a strong footing now that they can get fans back in and they can show what the football club is all about and what Gloucester is all about as a footballing city. Um, it's great that that they're now sort of attracting the off-the-field support uh, 
as well as the on-field support. Well, Alex goes on to say in the interview about the need for the on the field to be supporting the off the field whilst the off the field supporting the on the field. So, you know, they all support each other and, hand hand, you know, yeah. they're, they're all going to be successful if they're all pulling in the same direction. And he goes on to talk about, you know, bring it back to the community aspect of it, talking about, you know, being able to have 70 kids turn up on a Sunday morning for, you know, the, the Tiger schools or whatever it was called or, or, or what have you. And, and, you know, by doing things like that on the field, it's then going to reach out off the field because it builds the rep, rep, uh, reputation and the rapport that the club have within the local area. And, you know, City are starting to reap the benefits from that off the field as well as now on it. Yeah, yeah. I think it, reputation is, 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 is a good good point to make because um, obviously when City have been uh, away from home in exile, they've had this reputation of a, of a club that gets sort of like, you know, four or five hundred people going to watch them in a field in Worcestershire and, you know, before that at, at Wadham Road. But now Gloucester is starting to become a club with a reputation of a good day out with the football, you know, a decent atmosphere, decent food, um, squad starting to come together a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're starting to build that reputation off the field through the on-field. Mm. Um, the whole It's the whole package, really, isn't it? it it's um, It's nice to see. Best nice stadium announcer in the league as well. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, ever since that lad stopped top doing teams. it at Curzon and Ashton, then uh, <laughs> now, now I'd say City are probably in the top, probably the top twenty-one, maybe of uh, <laughs> <laughs> of National League North teams for stadium announcer. But there you go. Um, anything else, boys? You want to chat? We've got a couple of minutes here at the end. If there's anything else that you that you want to chat about, um, feel free. I'll open it up to the floor. Any other business? Uh, Gloucester City women. Um, the curtains coming down to for their season within the next couple of weeks. They've had a very good first season. Um, shout out to them, Chris Hill, to to all the ladies that have played or you know been involved as as well. You know they they've done well for a new team, newly formed team in a a, a new division for a lot of them as well. And when you watch them and when when I've seen them play, you know can't can't help but be impressed with the performance that they've put in and. You know, look like they're potentially going to finish in the top six after a, a tough start. It is testament to them. That's another team as well that's improved as, as the season has gone off. They they did get off to quite a tough start at the beginning of the season, but as it's gone on, they have got better. Um, the last couple of matches that I went to mm. for them, they played really well, and it was again really strong team performances from them. Well, and the Ol- Olverston game, for example, Olverston needed to beat City to yeah. have any chance of, of still winning the league. And, you know, City played them off the park, 1-3-1. Realistically, if it wasn't for the Olveston keeper, it would have been 7 or 8. Yeah. So... And Olveston weren't beaten until mm. the week before. They hadn't lost... Yeah, before... Uh, up until the week before, Kaus, Olveston hasn't lost a, a game in the league mm. for three years. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? So they lost the game and then you expect them to, you know, have a... Uh, you know, reaction, and they they weren't allowed to. Chris Hillside, you know, outplayed them all over the park. And what I would say is, going in towards next season, it, it'll be exciting to see what they they do. You know, mm. whether they they stay in the Div One or you know, no one knows anything with how leagues can get shaped or anything next season. But I'm excited to see where they go and and what they can achieve. Yeah, and also as well, just um, 
quick note to um to everyone who supported the charity game down at Target Turf Stadium this afternoon. Gloucester City supporters uh, versus the Gloucester Association of Ukrainians in Great Britain. Um, I think as things stand, sort of quarter to nine on 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 Sunday evening, over a thousand pound raised for 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 a very good cause. And um, of course, that is why Matt Yates isn't isn't with us this evening because he is still recovering. And an eight-one um, win for the Ukrainian team. Fantastic! Um, great to uh, to have you both with me again um, tonight, boys. It's uh, it's going to be another couple of weeks until till we're back on. Of course, we do these as, uh, every fortnightly interviews, but maybe by the time that we come back on in two weeks, um, AFC Ford might have released the James Rowe interview after the game because uh, they still haven't done <laughs> at the time of recording. Well, they did do an interview. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I was speaking to my contacts at Fylde and <laughs> they decided not to upload the interview. So they did actually do one with a player and James Rowe, mm-hmm. but they just decided not to upload them. Can't think why. Absolutely. What I will say is next time we do a programme, City will be safe because they would have won the next two games. <laughs> and if that is a, and I've just realised I've said that, and if that doesn't happen, Lee Mansell's admitted to us. Well, yeah, podcast. Evening, Lee no, Mansell. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, again. it may see me get that follow back because I'm going to get a lovely <laughs> DM telling me everything I need to know about myself. <laughs> I'm sure you you get that every every single day, though, mate. To be honest with you, with um... well, what a weird way for me to just tell Lee Mansell to follow me back on Twitter. But <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll we'll leave that with um, <laughs> we'll leave that there then. And a uh, couple of weeks' time, we'll be back. Thanks, everyone, for, for listening. Check out all of the content from the uh, win over AFC Fard. You can listen again to the commentary on 7sport.co.uk. You can hear Lee Mansell's interview. And, of course, you can listen to AP's interview, which is coming up on Monday afternoon on the website. But we'll be back next edition, TN Talk, in a couple of weeks' time. We'll speak to you then. For the best sports coverage in the West, visit 7sport.co.uk.